passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I'm Mike Chipos, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We just wrapped up UFC 269. We're going to recap that bad boy for you here right now. Some crazy shit went down. We're going to cut to Danny for a brief, brief, brief news and notes that he was trying to plan out, but I'm just going to let him do it live. It has to do with submission stuff. I think the name he wanted to go with was grappling news or something. And then, and and then we're going to get into, uh, we'll kick it over to Kobe for the final. Yes. The final set the spread of season two. My ass somehow stumbled into being up one game. And so we'll, we'll have, if, if necessary, if Danny wins, we'll have some sort of overtime. I'm not sure how we'll do it. Kobe, think about that while we go through recap. So we have the full panel minus Parker, which in all honesty is just the full panel. So we'll start it off with the recap quick. Um, I'm going to save the bigger stuff for later because obviously there's a lot that needs to be discussed. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about a couple weird things that happened. First, um, Ryan Hall. I bet him by sub. Dan, you bet him by sub. And unanimous decision. I, I don't think, I guess the only thing I want to talk about here is, do you think Ryan Hall is good enough to compete without only being able to win by sub? Like, do you think this could be a run of unanimous decision slash submissions? Or do you think this is one of those things where Derek Minner just was so focused on the defense aspect of it that he didn't score anything on his own, you know? Like, this might be a one-off in the decision category. Well, I, I don't think it's a one-off. I don't think it's a new thing. I mean, he's got decision wins over Darren Elkins and Gray Maynard and, and I mean, Arden Lobov in, in the Ultimate Fighter finale. But I do think that it's just a handful to deal with when you're trying to defend that many submissions and from that many awkward positions that he does wind up with just winning rounds at, at some point. I just and, don't know how to bet this guy going forward because we saw Tapuria roll through him. And the fact that he's not finishing guys like Minner, not finishing guys like guys, Artem and stuff, it's concerning in my opinion. It's definitely it's weird. I don't really know how to – because he could also rip off whoever the favorite's limb is. So it's, it's just a weird spot. Okay, I lost money on Miranda Maverick here, Dan. I know we were both very confident in the minus 140 – and she's no slouch on the ground, but it looked that way. Blanchfield lost moments to Sarah Alpar, which we discussed as just beyond a bad look. 
What's your takeaway here? I mean, you got a 22-year-old and a 24-year-old turning 25. Blanchfield looked yeah, nasty. Unbelievable. I, I think I tweeted out that I, I pegged her as a future champ right now, right then and there. I think that the way she dismantled Miranda Maverick, who you just At said, 22, no slouch yeah. on the ground, is impressive. And I love that when she went back to her corner between the second and third rounds after ragdolling Miranda for 10 minutes, her coach said, you haven't shown your boxing at all. Which is strike with her. Crazy. Yeah. You're and it's you're winning 10 eights on the ground right now. What are you doing? But clearly she's got the skill level in both places. I'm really excited to see her move forward. Yeah. I think that and she's it's a always problem. scary when you see the younger prospect make someone and, and again, and Miranda Maverick's young too. But but you get you got the 22-year-old making someone who isn't a slouch in the ground look like one. I mean, that's scary. That That's someone, that's something that Macy Barber couldn't do to Miranda Maverick. That's something that, I mean. I mean, I thought it was impressive that Miranda didn't get finished. She she fought off the arm bars and she fought off a couple chokes. I mean, she showed that she was sound down there. I mean, she was in really bad positions constantly, though. Aaron Blanchfield, man, I was so impressed. And one thing is Aaron, Aaron Blanchfield and Invicta, which is the all-women's promotion, lost to a current UFC fighter as well, Tracy Cortez. She came off contender series so that's her only loss on the record so it's if i remember though that decision was a little weird not only that not only was it a split decision which could have been a little weird but it's like if your only loss is when you're three fights in your career to another ufc talent obviously when you're dismantling people like miranda maverick here there's a lot to be excited about with her um so yeah i mean her credentials are great we'll see moving forward i think we just got so bogged down on the sarah alpar aspect that it, we might have overlooked some of her credentials okay Andre Mooney's ankle lock cashes again as Kobe so pointed easy. out. It's so easy. It, it, nine and one in the last 10. Uh, average line being only minus 140. We're not here p- picking minus 600, minus 700s. Moves to 29 and 12. I mean, it's at the point now where if we still need to try to convince you or twist your arm to take the ankle lock, then, then that's on you. I think it's just at this point, Danny and I spend so much time analyzing these that when we come to an agreeance on one and we've skipped weeks before, but if we come to an agreeance on one that just feels too good to be true, it, it, it usually works out in our favor. So 29 and 12 Mooney's made it look really easy. And, and once it hit the mat, Dan, I knew like once he got him, I was like, Oh, that's it. Yeah. I mean, but it is just another one for the resume. I, I mean, he's now got three arm bars in his last three against two great wrestlers in, in Eric honors and Bartosz Sabinski. And then also Jackery Souza, who's as good yeah. in the jits as it gets. That's what I was going to say. So, it, it, and he and he's took that arm home with him in, in that Jack Ray fight. Jordan Wright drops another one. I mean, I don't think he's going anywhere. He had his moments, but he just really needs to work on the defense. Bruno Silva, ungodly power. I mean, just out of this world power. Also, the game plan. I know I said I liked the under, and it was just a stupid number. I mean, the only the only way I considered playing it was parlaying it with Nunez. So, right. who cares? Um, but the second Jordan Wright kind of rushed in, I knew that this one was going to end one way or the other. And I didn't think that that was the best game plan for him. In all honesty, I thought that the less ugly of a fight, the better for Jordan and and the uglier, the better for Bruno. But, but, um, yeah, I don't think we'll, I don't think this is the last we'll see of Jordan. Me neither. Tied to Silva picked up up performance of the night there. 50 K. Okay. So, okay, cool. So that's, is that the first one so far? I know we might so far. And Kobe, I think I called that live, didn't I? You you commented how he was crying in his post fight presser, and I was like, yeah. he might have just won the fifty k. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tai Tuivasa. 
dismantles Augusto Sakai. I mean, this is something that I missed because I marked Ty as someone who only beats Scrub. I mean, the Harry Hunt suckers of the world. If you look at his resume, anyone that has any sort of consistency in the UFC heavyweight division, he's lost to. But, dude, this power's undeniable. And, and, and the calf kicks and the boxing are present. I'm not saying that they're elite, but... but, but his power is undeniable. Like I think that you're start. He's starting to drift into that Derek Lewis aspect where he's very marketable. He's very funny. He's very personable. And although what he lacks in technicality, he makes up for in power. Cause Augusto Sakai, I still am adamant is the more technical striker. Didn't matter. Yeah. And listeners, if you tell my explanations on uh, our episode last week, this shouldn't have been a surprise. This is, a guy who has always had problems with power punchers. And I, I call him a mean name. And there's nothing that Dan could have said that could have saved my ass because he tried and I didn't listen. Okay, two unanimous decisions. Another bonus. Back. Another bonus. Tie to oh, tie for sure. Okay, back-to-back decisions here. We got Dom Cruz over Pedro Munoz. I just want to comment that Dom Cruz is as tough as they fucking come. And that then part. Josh Emmett picks up one for Team Alpha Male. I actually scored this one for Ige, though, Dan. I won't lie to you. I don't know if that's my hatred for Team Alpha Male. Or what? I think this was a very even fight, though. I don't think one... I think this is one of those where you run it back 10, 12, whatever times. It, it, it ends pretty split each time. You know what I mean? They're both very equal. This was my biggest but, uh, This was my biggest bet of the night besides the under in the main event. So I was biased. And even watching it back this morning, I was a little biased. But I think that there's an argument for all three rounds to go to Emmett. Really? I think with See, the... I- with the with the drop in the first round, I mean, props to Dan for battling back. He looked well, decent, first but round he I didn't look Emmett. decent enough to and even I think it out. I gave the next two Ige. The third one I, I thought was really clear, Emmett, as well. And the second one could have gone to either. I wasn't well, I bad by Vegas. 80, 29, 28. But I, I believe I, Vegas going wasn't surprised the- either by the 30, 27 that came out from Sal Diamato. I believe Vegas had a minus next to Ige's name going into the third round. I mean, pretty steep, too. I think the live odds are like minus 200 Ige. But quickly, quickly, I, I could see where you could score it from it. You definitely watched. I watched it back. I mean, and by this point in the night, your boys sucked back a couple brews. So I need to, I always like rewatching it before I look at my scorecard. I'm going to have to watch that one back. Okay. Uh, Real quick, and, we, we breezed right through it, but Munoz Cruz got fight of the night also. Yeah. Not surprised. Well, phenomenal fight. Cruz really carried it though, because Munoz sat in the pocket and marched him down and Cruz carried the fight of the night because because of the bounce back of getting rocked and coming back. Cause there were a lot of good fights tonight. And just the fact that that one didn't end by finish and it, it, it continued to the very bell makes me think it's well-deserving. Fight. That was another one talking live odds where, uh, what was it? Munoz was minus 500 after the first Cruz was minus 400 after the second. Yeah. I got Cruz. I actually got Cruz plus, uh, like two something two twenty five. uh, after round one, I, I felt really confident once I saw that he had his lights back on and was, landing the, the better strikes that last 30 seconds to a minute definitely and it was also a scenario where after Munoz didn't get the finish even though Cruz was just clinging on for dear life he kind of felt a little discouraged or looked to me a little sure. discouraged because he wasn't able to end it right then and there and, and kind of didn't want to continue for the last 10 minutes no for sure and it's exhausting you see it a lot where you have a guy on the ropes and you just do what you can whether it's the grappling exchanges or just throwing hammer fists and it can it can be exhausting coaches a lot of times will say hey if you're trying and the finish isn't there step off a little bit because you can really burn your blow your wad okay so now we're getting to the main card here and it's gonna be 
I mean, this was a phenomenal main card. One of the best cards in a while. A lot of crazy shit happened. But first things first, Sean O'Malley styled on Julian Paiva. I mean, there's no more denying that O'Malley is here. I mean, any striker will probably fall to this man. It's now getting into the point of let's see him go with like a Marab Navalashvili, for example, like something like that to see really where his whole game is at. Cause Danny keeps touting his jits and we've never even gotten close to seeing it. Not in the octagon, not in the octagon. So I'm guessing performance bonus O'Malley. Correct. That's another one. Okay. Next fight. KOTKO, Kai Car France over Cody Garbrandt. I, I want to be honest with you guys. I bet Kai Car France. I like seeing him win. This one hurt though. Like it actually hurt me to my soul. I really like Cody. Cody's a guy that I respect a lot. I mean, if, if he was a former belt holder, beat Dom Cruz. And I also feel for him because I really do think TJ took years off his career with the cheating. I really do. Like I believe that in my core. I mean, this sport is not like any other where you lose and it's okay. I mean, you're, you're taking damage and co uh, TJ shut his light out lights out twice. And now you're looking at a guy who's never really bounced back the same. I think he's one in five in his last six or one in six in his last seven. I, I, I'm sad about it. I guess my take is, I mean, his plan was to drop down to 25 and hopefully have the power advantage or whatnot. But I mean, I guess the question is where does Cody go from here? I think hey. I'm leaning in the camp of, a couple year off retirement and then tries to make a comeback. I, I know Dana was asked about it and he was kind of lukewarm on figuring out where he's going to go. He, it's a tough spot, man. I, I don't know if I can really think of another spot like this where a guy should still be in his prime. I mean, I know Hen and Burrell, for example, got beat up for a while before they finally cut ties with him, but Hen and Burrell was way past his home. I, I feel like Cody still has something in him. I mean, you saw it in that of Sunsau, but. Dude, this is a tough one. I, I This one's a tough one. You know what is eerily similar about Hennon Burrell's streak before he got cut and what we're seeing with um, Cody Garbrandt? Hmm. A one in five in their last six record. Is that when they pulled it on Burrell? That's when they pulled it. Oh, boy. It is sad to see. Like you said, I, I mean, I second all of it, but I – to answer your question, I think Sean O'Malley hit it on the head during the press conference. I think the next place we see Cody Garbrandt is in the broadcast booth. I think it's a mark. He's a marketable enough guy. I don't think that he liked that cut down to 125. I don't think he's going to want to do it again. He looked really, really emaciated, emaciated, right? I just emaciated. don't think though. I just don't think though that this is the last time we see him because I I feel like, and this could be wrong, but. I mean, he just turned 30. What if, I mean, he's never taken more than a year off. He had two fights this year. What if he goes, takes two years off, all of 2022, all of 2023, tries to come back at 32, 33? I mean, because his boxing is undeniable. It's just, I don't, it's, it's his durability that's in question. And if you don't, if, but if you're not durable enough to box with mixed martial artists that are, Muay Thai specialist throwing knees at you and, and, and crane kicks. And I know it's just, man, I just hate seeing it. And that's the worst part is it's not a guy who's dropping UDs to everybody. I mean, I know he dropped one to, to Bob font, but like, it's a guy going out cold. And, and that's something that just every time you take a little bit off and a little bit off and a little bit off. And it's like, 
at this point, he's 30 years old. He's made his bag. I mean, he's definitely a multimillionaire. He can still make money, obviously coaching, but also I'm sure Uriah would take him in as a striking coach and whatnot. And then so we can stay around the sport and maybe, I don't know, work like a broadcast, like you said, but dude, I, I really, it was a very bittersweet victor. I really felt bad for Cody that night. So Again, I don't know. Before I just, we move on, Kai Car yeah. France, 50K. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. Wait a second. So is this five now? Fight of the night? That's six. And six we're not done. Yeah. Oh my oh, God. Okay. More than six. Okay. Well, yeah, I figured because the two title straps. So the next one's, uh, I mean, pretty skip overable. I mean, Joff, uh, Jeff Neal, I almost did the G off. Jeff Neal uh, won via split decision. I scored it for Ponzinibbio. I, I, it, this fight was just, I think, probably the worst fight in the card, unfortunately, because it was exciting. And it wasn't a bad fight by any means. I just think when you stack it up to all the finishes and upsets and whatnot, this one just didn't really stack up. Yeah. Uh, but both fighters looked all right. Neither I'm concerned. Truly Ponzi, impressed though, me. This, this was not a great win or loss for Ponzi. Ponzi should have been able to style on this guy. He looked like he really had trouble dealing with just Jeff Neal being a southpaw. He couldn't enter really. He Which was is having trouble getting like his jab Ponson. off. It was. But that's it was... so weird for a guy like Ponzinibbio. He's dealt with southpaws before. He's a, he's a world class kickboxer. It just the whole thing seemed off. I I don't know what's going on with Ponzinibbio. I mean, he's you're a guy, talking about a guy who had three losses in thirty, and now comes back after a, a couple year layoff, and now he's one and two in his last three. I mean, I don't know, man. It's. Uh, 35 Ponzi might be like in a Robbie Lawler type role here where, you know, he's got a marketable enough name. We've he's been around the sport, give him a couple more fights, load that bank account a little bit. And then off. To, I mean, Cause I, I think his run at 170. if you're losing to the leech and Jeff uh, Neil, you're, you're not beating the guys that are the killers up there. You know what I mean? Just, I completely agree. And yeah. just like Lawler, his style of fighting isn't conducive right. to fighting until you're 45 or right. whatever. It's just not what it is. It just, I mean, and the other thing too is Ponzinibbio being kickboxer. It's always about speed and stuff. And and every year you lose a little bit. It's on. It's not possible to continue. And you see every guy have to deal with it. And so, um, we'll we'll see where he goes from here. I mean, I don't think they're going to cut him. I just think he's going to get you know some of the bigger names at one seventy, like a, a like a Neil Magny or like whatever, and and they'll just kind of let him gatekeep for a little bit. Okay, let's talk title fights. First one, and I'm going to try not to talk about it too long because I'll start crying. For those who follow me at Kingpin MMA on Twitter, I threw out a fatty on Amanda Nunes minus 110. I said, oh, she's never going to lose. Oh, there's no shot she loses. Oh, they marketed, they marketed this quote-unquote submission specialist who got subbed by JDR. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm Please under the... Real quick, quick. you said yeah. you threw out a fatty on Amanda Nunes minus 110. I don't think that was the number. No, I meant 910, 910, 910. I literally threw a fat number to win 200. You can do the math yourself. Uh, I've been eating ramen the last three meals. It's, I just, it was stupid, but I say it every time for Shevchenko and Nunes fights, and they've never failed me before. This is the one time I acted on it, and it lost. Um, I guess there's two things, boys. One, what the fuck do you think happened? Because not only was it a submission, but it was the single quickest tap I've ever seen for not being under the neck, probably ever. I mean, it was literally a lightning fast tap. Two, 
Juliana Pena is not Amanda Nunes. I don't know what happened here. I mean, you look at Amanda Nunes' record, and it's not like she's unjust to be minus 9-10. I mean, you got you got JDR, who subbed Juliana Pena. You got Holly Holm, finished. Chris Cyborg, finished. Raquel Pennington, finished. Shevchenko, decision. Ronda, finished. Misha Tate, finished. It's not like she's taken, like, years off either. She's been active. What the fuck happened? I have zero answers. And I'm watching it, watching that second round, now three or four times, I still have zero answers. Dude, I think it's rigged. That's where I'm at. I, I don't want to throw that word out there, but it it really it, it does felt make like sense. there was a script. Not not that it was scripted, but that there was a chain of actions that had to happen for her to lose, and they were just kind of going through it. It was let me walk into your jab, let me walk into your jab four and five times. Let me let you pass right away. No defense in, ter- in terms of the being on let your me back. Lose, let me lose all the striking exchanges, even though I'm the far superior striker. She didn't even, Juliana didn't even have her back. It's like, just flip your hips around. Right. It, it wasn't under the neck. It was no not under the in. neck. It was a quick tap. It was not under the neck. It felt, it felt weird. And, and then she, and then even when it was over, she got up and she kind of smiled at Juliana, and I was confused. I was really – I still am really confused. Right. And you look and, – and stuff like this has happened before with Holly Holm and Matt Sarah pulling up these massive upsets, and it's like this one was different in the way where Amanda took no real damage. It just felt different. It did. It just – the whole thing stunk. The whole thing stunk. And the one thing, though, is Dana's adamant that the reason why boxing has declined is because of the sketchiness that would go on with a lot of the decisions and because of people didn't truly trust the organizations. I'm not saying that, like, without a doubt in my mind, this was rigged. I'm just saying that kind of what you're saying. It it felt different. I mean, you're watching. There's been two moments in the past, I want to say, month and a half that have really just left me scratching my head, not of like a, oh, I didn't see this coming, of like a, really? Professional fighters can't figure something out? And it What was the other one? Glover Teixeira tapping out Jan Blachowicz. That oh, felt yeah. really yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not trying to take anything away from either of these no, but champions. I, dude, champions. I, forever champions. It just felt weird. But look, it's curious. The other, the other thing, too, is... Compare what happened to Jan Blahovich, which obviously is a good story. Everyone was happy for Glover to share. Compare, compare what happened to those two and Amanda Nunes and Julian Pena. And then look what Volk did. When he Volk could have easily tapped against Brian Ortega in that guillotine. He almost went out. I mean, his lights were almost out. He was going to go out. He was not going to tap. He was not going to give the belt. I've never seen two people and Jan Blahovich and Amanda Nunes be so willing and accepting to give their belt like that and tap without the... They didn't fight the choke for a second. Right. For a second. It just... I don't... I don't think I'll ever understand it because I really don't. I have no idea what the fuck happened. Yeah, unless some news actually comes out where our suspicions, and, and that's all they are, listeners, at this point, we're, we are absolutely not accusing any single entity of anything like that because... I might be. That'd be a hell of a, be a hell of a <laughs> thing to pull off, though. It really would be, and I know that 
guys bet on themselves and there's nothing really stopping them from betting on someone else or, or whatnot. It just, man, I, I can't think even Amanda bring myself has to has all the money in the world. Whatever. I, I just, this one really puzzled me for a lot of the reasons and just, it really just didn't feel right or seem right. So Juliana I'm gonna, has 50 K yeah, more. Yeah. Well, um, also, quickly, not to do news and notes, but a little, there was a little drama. Michael Chiesa, Juliana Pena's teammate, really drunk, like blacked out drunk. Uh, tried, he, he jumped the, where the, the fighters sit to watch the fights, cut it, gashed his head open because he fell, tried to get into the ring. Um, Dana said that he had to, they, the security got him. They pulled him outside, and Dana and him had a chat, just, you know, get yourself together, man, whatever. So I don't know if more is going to come out about that. Pretty funny. I've seen a couple of videos here and there of Casey going nuts, but he was blacked out. I saw him celebrating with Juliana Pena. He's like crying. He was so fucking hammered. Um, but I think yeah. it's one weird fighter. It's done. Yeah, it's weird because especially because he's on the call a lot of times on ESPN. Right. We'll see what happens there. I know. Right. It's, it's not only that he's signed to the UFC, but Dana White is like his boss in terms of his career post UFC. It's I know. Like so weird. Weird bad look at technically your place of work. Right. It's just, yeah. Picture going to a happy hour with all your coworkers and blacking out and slicing your head open. That's what happened pretty much. It's like your teammate got a raise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but anyways, Dan, yeah, this, this one really felt weird, but I chased on Chucky Olives, and the chase was beneficial. Oliveira subs Dustin Poirier to defend the lightweight strap. I know Connor's calling for himself to get a shot, which is just so dumb. But, dude, Chucky Olives is a real deal, man. He stood in the pocket with Dustin. They exchanged blows. And once he latched on, I kind of already saw the beginning of the end. The standing rear naked choke is his staple. He extends his active fin or he extends his finish record. He extends his submission record, and now he has a title defense under his name. One of my favorite champions in the sport. Just awesome to see. Awesome to see. Dustin took it well too. All, all around, the card was great. Other than just the real big question mark around what happened in the co-main, this fight lived up to all the hype, though. Phenomenal fight. Oh, completely. I I, I agree with absolutely everything you just said. Props to Chucky Olives, like I said on our episode, you just can't deny the guy anymore. You can't doubt him, especially at that dog price. He was right. the only side to play. My question for you, though, is were you surprised at all by that round two? Um, Dustin Poirier from the bottom, just locking up the body triangle, not trying to move, no shrimps, no butterfly hooks, extremely not trying surprised. to. Extremely, extremely surprised. I really expected for him to look for the push off get the butterfly guard, kick them off, you know, the, the standard stuff that you see, start to rotate those hips, nothing. Um, and, and it's so not do like you he, think, Do you up? think that he was not confident that he had any ability to get up in the middle of the octagon, no, no fence to help him at all? Or do you think he was scared of Charles passing and just ending the fight in the second? I think there's – I actually have a mix of two theories. I have one that I think when you, when you, when you activate an escape, you risk – them taking a limb home with them. You know what I mean? You, you, you become more vulnerable than sitting in full guard. Okay. That's one theory. My other theory was that, and this is something that I heard someone say when they were analyzing the fight. It's very interesting. All those knees to the body, the knees to the ribs, just over and over again, may have paid dividends in his ability to get up from the bottom. I think that's a great take. I mean, Charles Oliveira looked 
so impressive in that tie clinch. Yeah. Landing constantly. They vicious have, I mean, knees, like vicious, mm-hmm. vicious knees. And so it was one of those where it's like, okay, well, you know, you don't see the dividends like you do when it gets goes to the head. You just see the red marks, but just knee, knee. I think he landed 10 plus, gets on his back. And so it's, I don't know if it prevented him from twisting or prevented him from whatever he needed to do. But it was weird because it wasn't like he was not taking damage in full guard. I mean, he was getting, he was eating elbows. I, I had yeah. that at 10 8. Yeah, me I, too. I also had that at 10 8. Crazy. But he can find a bonus to Chuck yeah. Yalas. So beyond worth it too. Phenomenal night altogether. And yeah, Dan, I agree with you a lot. It's just that co-main and the way Blahovich, it's just interesting because I'm not saying they rigged it or they quit or they quit on themselves or gave up. I'm just saying like, why would you quick tap without even having it cinched in? Like, is, I know some, I, another guy I heard his theory was saying that Amanda was just so gassed that she couldn't fight it or something like that. That's just, I don't know, not buying it. I'm a little bit. Not buying it. That's it. I'm not buying it. I will not accept that answer. So, anyways, that puts UFC 269 in the books. Weird night altogether, but a card that definitely will go down in history. Very similar to that GSP Bisping, like Madison Square Garden card. Just a lot of upsets, a lot of drama, a lot of finishes. Just as good as you could. Yeah, as good as you could script a card. So, yeah, before we get to set the spread, just a quick uh, grappling news from the grappling grapevine is the title I'm going to go with. Reese teased that I would have a title ready and I I had to come up with one. So news from the grappling grapevine. We had a submission underground yesterday, um, Sunday afternoon. The main event was on a seven fight, now eight fight. Win streak, Andy Varela, decorated grappler versus Sean Strickland. um, A guy who has a fight booked in early February against Jack Hermanson, who has been saying that he's been beefing up every component of his grappling and he's already a really talented grappler. Sean Strickland hit up Chal and said, get me into, get me into submission underground, get me anyone. I need to get tested. And that was actually a really, really funny fight. Um, Not a lot of technical prowess being shown more shithousery, but I I recommend going to check that one out. It ended up with Andy Brella jumping on his back from a, from a standing position. It was just, it was a really, it was a really awesome fight. And then looking forward to this week, this Thursday, December 16th, we've got a one-night-only $25,000 grappling team survival tournament on UFC Fight Pass. It's called the inaugural UFC Fight Pass Invitational. And so there's going to be four teams of lower promotions that you might have heard of, one being LFA, one being Cage Fury, one being Fury TX and one being James Krause's FAC, and they're all going to be team captained by existing UFC fighters. We've got team captain Gregory Rodriguez for LFA, team captain Alex Morono for Fury, Texas, team captain Joe Selecki for Cage Fury, and James Krause being the team captain for his own promotion, Fucking FAC. Awesome. And they are going to join a team of, I think, four or five fighters from that promotion and it's going to be a winner-take-all elimination submission grappling tournament on UFC Fight Pass this Thursday. I don't know. I'm, I've been trying, actually, for the last two hours to get any information on the other teammates besides these captains, and I can't quite seem to. Oh, it appears that as of 19 minutes ago, there will also be a Benson Henderson-Ben Saunders 
grappling match on this card. UFC Fight Pass just tweeted that. Breaking news right now. This seems like it's going to gear up to to be like an awesome, awesome uh, grappling end to the year. I'm going to tune in. I hope that my bookie is going to have some lines for it and follow my Twitter for some picks because this is going to be an awesome night. Oh, I'm seeing they're advertising with Danielle Kelly, the female submission ace. This is going to be a sweet night. I don't exactly know what all is going to entail, but tune into UFC Fight Pass. Tune into at Dank Wagers for my picks. This is going to be really sweet. Dan's pure excitement there is is like a kid's on Christmas Day. Like, actually, I love it. It's going to be fun. No, it will be. And trust me, I, I'm tuning in. I'm excited. Well, right after that, we're going to have, as Reese alluded to, UFC Vegas 45, Derek Lewis, Chris Dawkins headlining that one. Uh, six fights on the main card, a main card that starts at 6 p.m. Central. So, Reese, you're not quite getting your licks in on the late card. Um, but right. that will be it for 2021. And with no, that, we sad. have... Sorry, I'm getting mad about the timing because it's like 9 p.m. when it's all said and done and you got a buzz, but you don't want to go out. It's just stupid. I'm getting mad. It's the last card of the year. Where did time go? Remember when we were setting the spread for Holloway, Calvin, Cater? And we had, we had all these fun title fights planned. And I mean, it's been a fun year. But the good news, beyond fun year, good news is we'll have a couple weeks. You know, we have some things in the works we've talked about getting the YouTube channel going, getting some articles out there, you know, all the stuff that we've been too busy with life to really get at. We'll have a couple weeks with no MMA or UFC to, to really situate us, to keep our mind on the ball before 2022. Jeez, even saying 2022 is weird. And please keep reaching out, keep nominating uh, your favorite fighters, your favorite fights, your favorite finishes. Uh, your favorite teams, your favorite coaches of the year. We've been receiving a bunch of different nominations and we'll keep keep those coming because we're going to have yeah. a nice award show. We'll also post some polls to Twitter, probably via the Ankle Pick Pod account, and we'll just take all that into consideration as well. So appreciate all you listeners as we wrap up season two of Ankle Pick Pod, which is still just crazy to say out loud. Let's get down to business. Set the spread for UFC Vegas 45. Reese with a one card lead over DK one card remaining on the year six fights on the main card the first one that we're going to roll through here featherweight bout Cub Swanson Darren Elkins Dan go for I'm sorry Reese with the most recent win Reese lead things off so this is a six fight main card are we doing all six we're doing all six if it's tied I've got a tiebreaker for this week and then if it remains tied I've got another activity to break the wow. season long okay tie. What's the okay, activity well, like? A scavenger hunt? It's <laughs> sunny. Flip a coin. Flip a coin. That's all we created. Okay, so I'm in. This one's interesting because you got two guys that are over the hump. Cub Swanson's a guy back from like the WEC. I don't know if he ever fought in Pride, but guy that's just. I mean, the definition of a wily old veteran. And then you got a guy like Darren Elkins who like is more of a spectacle than anything else. Not really super athletic. Not really super anything other than durable. I imagine Elkins is going to be the favorite just because Cubs fallen on, I would say, tougher than average times. I mean, he's dropping fights, but he's dropping fights fast. I mean, Gig, Gig is finishing him fast. Shane Burgos, split decision's not bad, but Moicano's finishing him. Uh, old Frankie's getting the decision. Brian Ortega, I mean, and that's 20. But in 2021, quick, quick, quick finish from Giga. Now, Darren, on the other hand, it's like, 
just a guy who's super durable, put together a nice little streak there for a while just to go on a little bit of a losing streak. Man, you know what? Now that I'm looking at it over, it might be Cub favorited. It's just hard to really picture that. Um, Let's go Darren Elkins minus 145. But this really is just going to be just a weird fight altogether. I really don't know what to make of this. Yeah, I agreed with you up until you kind of said – I. I think the Cubs going to be favored here. Really? Like I was saying for Ponzi, Darren Elkins is one of those guys whose fight style doesn't doesn't match well with going into his later years. Now at thirty seven, and I know that he has gotten those good two finishes from Minner and Gary Gorey, but before that, dropped four. And Cub Swanson is, is definitely the guy I think is the more talented martial artist and and besides this one just becoming an all-out war and, and just a sloppy fight in the middle of the octagon i think that cubs is gonna fare pretty well um if i remember correctly he wasn't that big of a dog against giga and i know that that one didn't end well but he is looking phenomenal i, I was pretty confident cub Swanson's gonna be a favorite here i can't um, remember the last time cub was a favorite though like mate, well, I admit, he maybe, had to have been versus Crone or maybe Pineda. Pineda, let's see. Pineda was minus one sixty five against Cub. Wow. Uh, Crone was minus one ninety against Cub. Uh, that, he couldn't have been against Shane. Burgess, I'm seeing right? near even against Brian Ortega. What a line! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Give me a mistake. time machine to go back to that. Right. That was 2017. But yeah, I mean, I don't think he's been the favorite in five years. I, I do think he'll be a favorite here against Darren Elkins. All right. Dan's bet Dan's betting against the streak of five years, no favorite for Cub Swanson. Clock I'm gonna go minus 130 at 38 Cub years Swanson. young. No one's really that close here. Danny's closer. Cub wow. Swanson's their favorite, minus 210. Jesus Christ. Big old number. And after opening 155, Cub. Jesus Christ. I mean, they did our boy Darren Dirty. Just beat Derek Minner via finish. Beat Gargori via finish. Okay. I will be on Darren Elkins this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. It's fun to realize that early in the week. More taping to be done. We'll, we'll cover that fight again in depth later this week with regular scheduled, regularly scheduled programming. In the meantime, 1-0 DK this week. A lightweight bout is the second fight of the main card. Carlos Diego Ferreira and Matus Gamrat. Dan, go for it. As Reese just alluded to, I'm a big Matus fan. He's one of those prospects that I'm just so high on, even after that Guram loss. He has all the tools. He's got the wrestling. He's got the striking. He's got the gas tank. Um, but CDF, definitely not a guy to look past, even on his two-fight losing streak. Look a little closer at those fights. Beniel Darius split decision. CDF had a lot of moments in that fight. And this no, is a guy a, that's yeah. like creeping at the top of that 155 division. Um, maybe one of the best matchups for the current champion, Chucky Olives. I don't know. And then obviously not as well, didn't fare as well versus Gregor Gillespie, who's another elite level grappler. I don't know. I'm high on Matusi's grappling, but I don't know if he's the same kind of level as those two guys. I have to go with Matus as the favorite, just being that he's on the win streak and CDF is on the losing streak, but it's got to be close to even. I'm going to go minus 130. I'm going with my same line from the last fight. 
Matus Gamrot, the prospect over CDF. I'm actually going to flip that, Dan. I'm going 130 CDF. I, the thing is, is I just feel I, exactly what you've seen. But even in that Gregor fight, which you mentioned, he didn't end up winning. But before he gassed out, which he did gas out completely, he had some great moments in that early fight. He showed that he can stay with that He's a grappling monster. And he's a guy that people don't really know. Dude, I mean, he's 36, so he's over the hump. And he's... I would say he's been relatively inactive. I mean, he fights a couple times a year. He's been on the roster since 2014. I, I might have 10 total fights in promotion. Nothing super recognizable, but you're right. Like, I mean, dude, he, he put up a good, good performance against a guy who's close to a title shot in Benel Dariush. Um, I, you I mentioned gotta, it, though. The, his gas tank is a problem, and Matus is going to set a fast pace, and it's not going to gas. It's not going to even let up. Still, I still feel like I like Ferreira here if he's a dog, right? I mean, I love Matus. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we're Matus boys. We love him on this pod, but it's like this is by far his toughest level of competition, including Garam, in my opinion, at least. I might be wrong on that, but that's just where I feel like. And he's a big favorite against Garam and lost. I just think, I think minus 130 for Ferreira, I think that what's going to happen is this. It's going to open for Garam as the favorite, but I think early action is going to steam Ferreira in my direction. 130 Ferreira. So y'all are split 130 both ways. Carlos Diego Ferreira is your dog plus 160. Oh, ha! Gamrot minus 185. That's a big line, too. Dude, both those are too high. Like 65 but I, going the other way? Let's just get this 60. under. On, let's just get this out, of, out there for a second. I am off my rocker right now. Those are two. Big, big, big misses. Maybe I got a little too cozy. Let me dial in. Okay. Kobe, let's 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 go. I'm back. I'm back. A little neck Reese's back. Third fight of main card. Bantamweight bout. Rafael Asunsau and Ricky Simone. Fuck Reese, me. This one's not any easy. This off. one's not any easier. I mean, for Asunsau before he lost to Cody. Um, I mean, I, I guess he is on a three-fight skid now that I'm looking at it, but I mean he was one of those guys that I would every single time I wrote him, he, he won. I mean, he beat Aljo. I was on him. He beat Marlon. I was on him. He's a big dog there. Beat Matt Lopez, beat Bob Fon. I mean, these, obviously, you know, none of those names are slouches. Drop the rematch to Marlon, drop to Corey, drop to Cody, which obviously didn't age well. Okay. That's enough for me to say, okay, Sun Tzu is going to be a live dog, but he has to be the dog here. That's not up for debate. Okay. Well, now you're looking at a guy like Ricky Simone, who other than that fucking fluke ass shit to Uriah Faber, we're talking about a guy that Dan and I actually swell up to. I mean, he's a phenomenal grappler. He pushes the pace like nobody's business. He didn't tire against a guy like Marab. He actually got the victory on a guy like Marab, even though he dropped most of that fight, finished Marab. Just a crazy thing to even say out loud. Beat Montel Jackson, who's soaring as well. I, I like Ricky Simone here. I like him a lot. I think it's going to be Ricky Simone minus 210. Rafael, the, the falling Rafael Asuncio, 180. I agree with everything you said completely to a T. I have to put a little bit more weight than you are, I think, in this Cody loss aging. Especially after last week, 
I think that it might have opened exactly where you're at. I think it's up to 250. I think I'm going to bet it at 210 if it's, it's sitting there. So 250 is my number. I, I got to tell you, Dan, this is you're, you're spot on here. It opened it to minus 210 where Reese called it, and it's 270, Ricky Simone. Come on, Poha. I'm getting rinsed right now. <laughs> I'm getting absolutely diced. Oh, I am on one. Oh, my God. I'm getting diced. Uh, this is Women's strawweight bout is my the face, fourth fight my of the My face card. is hot right now, dude. Derek Lewis's balls are hot. Reese's face is hot. Let's keep them separated, though. Women's strawweight <laughs> bout. <laughs> fourth fight on the main card. Amanda Lemos and Angela Hill. Uh, Dan, kick things off. This one's going to be a fun one. I don't know how close it's going to be. You've got Lemos, who's really, really talented. Another girl I think we've pegged on this show that could touch gold or at least going to fight for it, I'm sure of that in her career. Versus Angela Hill, who is the output queen of the division. She's going to throw a lot of strikes. She's not going to back down. She's going to be really fun for Lemos to pick apart here. But that's kind of the key of it. Lemos is going to pick her apart. And I think there's going to be a pretty decent line. We're talking about uh, Angela Hill, who, even as fun as she is to watch, she's now one and three in her last four, and that includes Michelle Watterson loss, as much as I hated that decision. I'm going to have Amanda Lemos as a pretty big favorite here. I am going to make it 300. Oh, I was much higher. And now I'm a little sus. Okay, so first off, first things first, Angela Hill, her voice is actually nails on a chalkboard. That's not here nor there. That's just something I want to mention. The fact that they slotted her as a broadcast spot still angers me to this day. She's at the point of journeyman status here. I don't think she'll ever see a title strap contention. I think she's someone who likes to stay active, is very good striking, um, relatively marketable always will give you a good shot i mean that's for sure got annihilated by tisha torres she lost to michelle waterson dan that's really and i know we don't hate michelle obviously with like she's but as a fighter and so it's like i'm kind of at a spot where amanda lemos to me feels like this is going to be her i mean you liviana souza harder fight I, I guess this her roster her her record's also not that outstanding. I came in here written down at minus four hundred for Lemos. I thought there was going to be a four in front of it. You've scared me off. Dan said what three hundred? Yep. I'm going to go three fifty. I'm not going to go four hundred high. This was not totally a prices right. More, I'm not as confident as. Because I thought you were going to go in like the 500s. I mean, the Leslie Smith t- standing elbows KO. So long ago. I remember, I, remember, I remember that fight. That was so long ago. That's a different Amanda Lemos. But I agree. It's concerning. But, dude, she's so – Angela Hill's the definition of someone that you kind of walk over. I mean, she's a high-output striker she's who throws – Very pills. hittable. She's very always hittable. there to be hit. Very hittable. And Lemos and is it, one of those girls that – has power she and, if it, hits the ma- and if it hits the mat it's already over so reese is going to stay alive here this week 
Fine. Your motion's your favorite, minus 370. Okay. Fucking finally. Uh, next up, Comain, Welterweight Bout, Stephen Thompson, and Bilal Muhammad. Reese, your turn to kick things off. Okay, so here's the one thing. First things first. Bilal Muhammad, okay? Guy that we obviously, I've always, I've bet on him in multiple scenarios, and he's never done me dirty. The one thing, though, is we had him, or I had Leon Edwards. The eye poke was guaranteed worth the stoppage. I'm not saying anything about that. But, like, the Diego Lima fight, for example, we we taped that one extensively going to Leon, and we were very underwhelmed by Bilal's performance. That was not good. And you got a guy in Steven Thompson on the other side who I think, although I know he lost to Pettis fluky with a finish. I know he's lost to till, which didn't age. Well, I know he's lost to Burns, which is awesome. Poha. He's still beating Vicente Luque, George Masvidal. I mean, this guy is good and he should be a, we all know that he should have won one of those tyrant fights. We, everyone agrees that that's like a unanimous MMA take. We should be saying former champ. I, I know that he's on the older side. I think he's like, what, 37 now, Dan? 30, let me look at it. 38, he turned 30. He's about to be 39. So I think this is one of those things where does Bilal have the ability to deal with his striking? Does Bilal have the ability to deal with that karate style? I think that Bilal's best course of action is the clinch, maybe try to get it to the mat. But I'm just going off what that Burns line was. And it was, I believe it was Wonderboy favored um, or damn close. It was Wonderboy minus 160. I think that, and, and Burns obviously pulled off the upset. I think that Wonderboy is one of those guys that always seems to have really big lines, regardless if I agree with it or not. I'm going to go Wonderboy minus 210. Bilal plus 180 or 190, like right in that range. Interesting. I have a much bigger line written down. I guess not much bigger, bigger, still within the twos. Yes, bigger. Okay. And it's because I think that at 210, I am hammering Wonder Boy. Like I mentioned about Pons and about Mitt, or not Mitter, but Elkins and Cub Swanson. When you age, certain fight styles are way better than others. I mean, wrestling's great. We saw DC be at the highest level for very, very long. Steven Wonderboy Thompson, on top of being one of the hardest puzzles to solve in MMA period and, and has been forever, is has one of the best styles for lasting long. He does not take a lot of damage. He's not hittable. Like Reese said, it's shocking when he gets finished. I and I and, and like all Reese said also, maybe I'm just not high enough on Bilal Muhammad. I think that he would have gotten smacked by uh, Leon Edwards if that fight had played out more. I'm looking at that line. It was Leon minus 275. Leon's obviously listed or ranked a little bit ahead of Wonder Boy, but I think stylistically it's it's an equally tough task for Bilal. I'm going to take that exact line, 275. I think Wonder Boy's going to smack him. I think Wonder Boy's going to see my card maybe at 275, but that's, that's where I think the line is. harsh for our boy Bilali. Danny's going to take the point and game oh. here. Boha! Minus 250, Wonder Boy. Okay, that, that will see my card. I'm 
it's not my favorite number, but that is a comfortable or a number I'm so, so comfortable with. Wonderboy, like you said, is still beating the likes of Vicente Luque. Vicente Luque would be favored over Bilal, I think, by a good amount. So we're all squared up here, 1919. So would Burns, though, to be fair. Gilbert would also be favored, and, and Wonderboy is the favorite over him. I know he dropped that fight, but still. And I hammered Gilbert on that. Yeah, well, fuck myself. I cannot believe I choked that one away. And it was a bloodbath, too. Like, so I is, it, wanna... is it do or die for Lewis Well, that's Dawkins? what I want to propose. We, we could go just do or die season-long effort on Lewis Dawkins. What I thought for the tiebreaker was I wanted to give you guys a certain amount of units and just let you play the main card for whatever mm. you can and let you guys, whoever has most units at the end of the card this week. Um, so I'll let you guys it. choose. I'll let Dan decide. I'm fine with either. I like the set the spread. I've, I've got a lot of questions about the second one. Like, would I have 10 minutes to study the best fight odds page? Would right, I like, right, right. Be able no, to no, 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 no. I was, I'm would saying I... you guys can – I'm saying that the deadline would be to submit them before the main mm-hmm. card starts on Saturday. And then we, I want to we... fucking find out right now. Okay. You know what? It, it. it works I'm out hot. this way. I'm we've so got... hot. Reese, you shouldn't have let me decide. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> want to do the betting though. I've been getting rinsed tonight. Maybe that Except out of all the fights, I will admit though, out of all the fights on the card, I am most confident in this one in the line. Nice. Maybe That's maybe the uh, units will be a segment for next year. We can have a little competition going between you two or something. But we'll figure. Also, that out how do we, we decide who has to go first? We're going by the same order of operations here. Danny's going to kick things off. All right, I'm fine with doing this. Go, Dan. Fuck you. So, Derek Lewis, Chris Dawkins, heavyweight bout, the final fight of 2021 in the UFC, going to be the deciding set the spread fight for 2021 between Reese and Dan. All nodded. Dan, go ahead. All right. So, Reese said he's confident, which makes me a little bit less confident, but I'm going to ride my hot hand. I'm feeling good. Um, Derek Lewis is one of the most popular fighters in the UFC. He's a guy that casuals know the name of. I mean, maybe even before a guy like Charles Oliveira, which is shocking. But besides the Cyril Gaon loss, which was the round three knockout, which he didn't look great. I mean, no one looked great against Cyril Gaon. No one looks capable against Cyril Gaon. He was riding a nice four-fight win streak. Includes some good names, obviously a fluke uppercut knockout over Curtis Blades that cost Reese and I have some money, but he's undeniable that it, I mean, the power is there. The boxing is tight enough that he can land and it, it, he makes guys like Curtis Blades who are really, really capable and really, really smart. Apprehensive and apprehensive in the, is the, is the lightest way of putting it. It's it scared really even of initiating guys like, Francis Ngannou, I'll call back the most boring fight of all time. And Chris Dawkins is a guy who's undefeated in the in his UFC short, albeit, UFC career. Um, came in, nice knockout over Parker Porter, then Rodrigo Nascimento, then Alexi Olenek, then Shamil Abdurakimov. I mean, these guys, have no one's made it past the second round with him. He's definitely got a lot of hype. I don't think it's possible for his hype in this short amount of time to match Derek Lewis, albeit that I, I know that Dalkus is the more well-rounded fighter. I mean, he definitely has the wrestling advantage if he wants to use it or is even afraid of, or not afraid, but is even confident enough to use it. 
I just don't see how Derek Lewis won't be a favorite here. I'm not confident betting him super high, so it's going to be close to even. But I don't see that loss from Cyril Gaon taking it away or taking away much of his momentum. I'm going Derek Lewis minus 125. Okay. That makes me feel kind of good. So Dan's right, but here's the thing. The progression of, of Dawkins's lines is what is interesting. He was even against Parker Porter. Crazy. I mean, that's a horrendously bad line. Parker Porter's obviously whatever. Finishes him. Okay. Well, now he's a huge dog against Nascimento. We're talking in the plus 200s. Finishes him in a minute. Okay. All of a sudden, the respect is back. Alexio Linick minus 210. Finishes him. Shamil, that was a 44-year-old Alexi Olenek. Shamil Abdurmakimov, who we were all over, was a, was, was a heavy favorite, finishes him. Okay, on the other side, Derek Lewis, other than the Curtis Blades, has been one of my biggest victors. And the reason why is, is because I know that so much of his whole thing is fraudulent. So, for example... Marcin Tibera, he beat him in 2018. Marcin Tibera won every second of that fight till being finished in the third round. Okay, then you go to the most boring fight in the history of all fights when he beat Francis Ngannou. I don't even want to count that as a fight. They each threw a total of five strikes. Okay, Alexander Volkov won every single second of that fight before being finished. Then he gets styled on by DC, hammered DC there. I was in the stands for that JDS fight in uh, Wichita. He threw in the towel for round two to a retiring JDS. Blagojevinov split decision. If that goes the other way, we're talking about a different thing here. Beats a 205 gatekeeper in Eli Latifi. Beats a 44-year-old. I'll, I'll hop in for that one because I was in the building. He didn't win that fight either. That was okay, there really you go. bad Houston judges. That was, if you remember, when Joe Rogan, Rogan called out the Houston judges for staring for at their the, phone. Yeah, for being on their phone. Crazy. Then you got Alexi Olenek, who he finished. But Alexi Olenek got him to the mat and had him in compromising positions. But because he's so much smaller, weighing in at two fucking 20 and a nutcracker. And was 43 years old. And Alexi 43 Olenek. years old, he couldn't get the finish done. Then gets another shot from... Who the fuck knows where it's a phenomenal uppercut. I'm not trying to discredit. I'm just saying that there's this. We could be talking totally. So you're betting or you're not betting, but you're set. The spread is going to have Chris Dalkus as a favorite. Not only that, I think I'm betting Chris Dalkus. Wow. Yeah. And wow. And I have Chris Dalkus. And what's concerning me is I had Chris Dalkus at minus 170. <laughs> wow. Um, but there's too much on the line here, Dan. I'm going to go Chris Dalkus minus 125. So I'm going to go the opposite side and basically get all of the Chris Dalkus being a favorite if it happens. There's just too much here. But Chris Dalkus, I'm not saying he's a real deal. I think he's going to get styled on later. But Derek Lewis is the definition of a guy who has had a lot of breaks go his way to get to where he is. And I, I think that we're looking at a guy in Chris Dalkus who continues to defy the odds. I think he extends his undefeated streak. Five-round main event that before you don't catch – a single haymaker from before we know the line, forget the line. You're comfortable betting on Chris Galkis to go. This is how 25 total minutes. This is how comfortable I am before we bet the line. Will you give me uh two Malort shots? I take Dalkis. You take Lewis. 
I mean, now this is making me really uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I'll do it for I'll, I'll I'll give you one more shot. Deal. That's on the outcome of the fight or the outcome of the outcome of the fight. Outcome of the fight. Outcome of fight. Outcome of fight. There's already too much on the line here, Kobe. I figured. Speaking of what's on the line, that's the season long set the spread title after tying in 2020. And I don't think we did anything to break that tie. We just rolled it into the following year. So this is what we got here. The favorite is going to be your set the spread champion. Your favorite opened up minus 160 is now sitting minus 140. Chris Dawkins. I want to thank Gilbert Burns. I want to thank my mom. I want to thank everyone who believed in me and knew that I was going to conquer. I want to thank Chris Daukus for making Danny take him a lord shot when he wins. I want to thank everybody who believed in me. Let's go. I love the enthusiasm. Reese woke up with that one. Lost today. Lost the round today, but was able to come through when it mattered. Got so props to Reese. All that, Props to both you. Oh, and Reese is gone. He is out of the meeting. In the meantime, props to both of you guys for an excellent set the spread season. Props to the UFC for an excellent season, allowing us to set the spreads for them. Um, Dan, any parting words? Yeah, I'm going to do my best to quote Dustin Poirier because I don't have the actual quote in front of me, but I mean, this, this is a, this is a really tough sport. And if it's taught me anything, it's in victory, be grateful and in defeat, be graceful. I'll be back. And we've got Reese rejoining because we want to let him have the last word after clinching things for us. But Reese, it's four is yours. You can close things up. You can go up for right. a victory lap, whatever you want to do. My, I uh, got up and ye- I yelled so loud and like kicked the uh, cord out of my computer and it shut off. Um, yeah, this is just, you know, you, you stay up late at night and you envision being a champion. You envision, you know, not drinking Malort. You envision all these great things. And, you know, it took, it took a lot of effort, a lot of, of, of just just inner gut strength to overcome this and and although be it if this was hockey dan still gets a point to my two points which is kind of where i'm at on this it was so close i'm looking forward to season three po ha thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.